Hey everyone, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Dale Howarchuk, an NHL Hall of Famer, passed away today due to his battle with cancer. He was only 57 years old, and we here at Starcastic Remarks want to recognize his achievements on the ice, but also off of the ice. He was a great person and was well-loved by fans and his teammates, but more importantly, his family. Our prayers right now are with the Howarchuk family. Welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. This is Ryan. We have Chris, and we're adding brother number four tonight. Please welcome James. James, say hi. Hi. Howdy. And that was Chris. No one wants to hear you, though. Just James, because he's new. I think I'm everyone's favorite, but that's fine. I, I don't know about that. I can tell you who's everybody's favorite right now, though. The stars. Oh. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> I was thinking Zach too. Zach's my favorite. <laughs> nope, the Stars win again today by a final score of two to one. And honestly, Chris, this seemed like an actual Stars hockey game. This yeah. didn't seem this is but this was not one of those five four shootouts that felt like we were back in the Lindy Ruff era. Yeah, this is this is a boring hockey game that had lots of defense by the Stars, and the Stars couldn't score very much, so it was pretty much a good regular season game. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I feel sad that we had to watch that for so long, especially being blessed with these recent games, but I'll take a win, and hopefully we can get one more and close it out tomorrow. It's not tomorrow, two days. But it's really looking like we've got we've got Calgary on their heels. They don't really have an answer to what we're, what we're throwing at them, so... I am excited. Who's sticking out to you the most right now, James? Is there a certain player that you can think of that's sticking out to you the most? I think Yanmark really has showed up in the last couple of games. He he hasn't he hasn't scored goals, but he's always getting in in there in the offensive zone, making space, making passes. Yeah, him that Garyanov line. Oh, that Garyanov line. Him with Garyanov and Pavalski has looked very, very good. Now, Yanmark, I think he had an assist today, didn't he? Yes, to Klingberg. Didn't he? Yeah, on the Klingberg goal, on the, on the game-winning goal. So, yeah. Cool stuff from Yanmark. And I've been pointing him out for the past couple days, and I just wish he would score. Dang. And Like we said the other day, if, if he would actually score, he could be a top-six forward. Yeah, maybe if he scores, that then he can get taken by Seattle in the... In the expansion draft instead of Fox, oh, though. I'll take oh, that. Wouldn't that suck? Wouldn't <laughs> that suck? You know, it, I can just imagine Yanmark pulling a William Carlson or a uh, Jonathan March or so, you know. Leaving the team pick. and then become a top-tier well, like, forward. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, nobody knew William Carlson before Vegas took him. And then Vegas obviously saw something in him. And then he, he's like, oh, no big deal. I'm just going to go and score 40 goals in the inaugural season for the freaking Golden Knights and then go to the Stanley Cup final. Can you tell I'm a little salty about that? Yeah. Just a little bit. But with the Stars' victory today, they are one game away 
from going back to the second round. That's a true statement. Yep. They're the first they're the first team to win back to back. We've been trading off games the entire time, so That's true. We're full of true statements here on Sarcastic Remarks. Goodness. Living up to the name, dude. I know. <laughs> Starcastic. I think we're tired. Yeah, I think we all are a little bit all tired right. today. What's the next topic, Ryan? Perfect why segue. I, why do I always have to do the perfect Because you segue? write them down. You're the well, host. Just, just because I write them down doesn't mean I have to be the one that does it. You always throw in some random tangents in there, don't you, Chris? I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I know random exactly tangents. what he's talking about. Yep. Okay, so anyways, a player that stood out to me today on top of uh, Matthias Yanmark was Mr. Jamie Alexiak. He continues to impress me with the amount of minutes that he's playing. And then also, he, he just seems to be stepping up his game to another level that we haven't seen. Um, it, it, it's almost like he is this year's Rope Hintz. Last year, Rope Hintz really emerged in the playoffs when he was playing on a line with Garyanov and Zuccarello. Bless his heart, I wish he was still with us. But he's consistently making the right plays. He's stepping up on the rush even more so than I ever thought he could. And I would be terrified to see a six seven man coming straight at me with the kind of speed that he's playing with right now. Yep, he's playing like the player we thought we drafted at first. So I'm glad that Pittsburgh could turn him into that forward for us and then give him back. Happy for that. For the exact <laughs> same pick that we traded him for. Exactly. Uh, Smart place. Sometimes it helps to you know, take advantage of the situation. Pittsburgh had eight defensemen, and they're and we were like, hey, we'll give you your pick back if you give us Alexiak back. And they said, sure, why not? So, anyways, huge momentum swings in this game. Huge momentum swings. In the first period, the Stars came out and acted like that there was no difference between game four and game five. They looked pretty good in the beginning of the game. I was surprised we didn't put up two or more goals and I was definitely frustrated that we go that we leave that period up by twice as many shots and the score is tied that's a very frustrating thing we've got it we it feels like our best periods we never take the lead on and I think we're gonna have to figure that out if, <laughs> if we continue on in the playoffs we got to figure out how to take advantage of when we're playing well instead of just finding a way to win yeah, we had a bunch of posts tonight as well. More repeats just with wow. actually scoring a wow. couple of them. The stars hit a bunch of posts. No way. What a hot take from James. I knew we brought James in for a reason. I never saw that. My gosh. There's some sarcasm for you. How about that? Dang. I feel attacked. <laughs> it was a roast. All right, just for just some quick stats. What was actually really surprising is we lost the face-off battle today. It was mainly because Sagan was having such a rough time. I don't know what was up with, I don't know what was up with him trying to win draws. Hopefully, whatever. So we know he's playing through something right now. Like he he was hurt during a lot of the round robin games. So hopefully, whatever's bothering him is not hindering his faceoff abilities because that would definitely suck. Well, no. Well, here's what I'm looking at, and I'm kind of confused because I agreed with you, Chris. But according to the NHL app, I'm looking at the stats right now. He had a 58.3 percent face-off uh, percentage today, which doesn't make sense to me because that didn't 
there was like three in like the last minute and a half that he lost. Yeah, maybe that was just all happening in the third period. Maybe. And and then finally, bonus was like, okay, Tyler, sorry. Well, I bet I bet Sagan said that. I bet Sagan was like, okay, I can't win. (laughs) Someone else go. (laughs) Yeah, let's throw Fox in there, and he took it. Uh, but uh, Dickinson at twenty percent, but that that seemed really low. Dickinson sucks. So, but Dickinson doesn't take very many faceoffs, anyways. But Pavalski and Fox both were at forty-two point nine percent. Pretty so low for Fox, actually. Really low. Really low. And then another thing that continues to make Stars fans upset and mad is guess who had the lowest amount of time on ice today? Gary Onoff. Literally, 12 minutes, 10 seconds. And let me rephrase that. He's the lowest among all, all the forwards. Taylor Fredoon only played six and a half minutes basically today. So Still keeping him off the ice. Yeah, and you know that that kind of is a good segue into what we were kind of talking about before we started recording, was about the top four defensemen for the stars. So Alexiak, Klingberg, Miro Haskinen, and Essa Lindell. Now we don't really see much from Essa Lindell. He's kind of the behind the scenes guy, and he's, probably he's a perfect defenseman, defense, defensive right. defenseman. You don't even know he's there. And side note, I really wish they would have a trophy for the most defensive defenseman. And I don't know how you would award that because I, you, yeah. I mean, Chris, you heard my argument about plus minus from the last podcast, but because honestly, like the, the, the best defenseman award. Oh my goodness. I can't, the Norris, I can't believe I forgot it. The Norris always seems to go to an offensive defenseman and that's almost sometimes it's it- frustrating. There's no good defensive hockey stats. There's not like knockaways. That's, that's there's, really true. Like stick checks. I don't know. It'd be too hard to keep track of. Well, anyways, what I was getting into with the top four defensemen is it seems bonus is relying heavily, heavily, heavily on the that top four. And we're do we're doing fine with our all of our forward lines and allowing all four forward lines to kind of rotate through which is how you want to play in the playoffs. But with the with the defensive pairings, there's got to be a point to where you start telling, as much as I would hate to say it, Sekera and Fadoon, not so much. I would want to see Fadoon play more. But we got to start giving them more minutes and letting them play a little bit more. Well, it seems to me like I agree it seems worrisome, but it hasn't impacted anything yet. So, I mean, I guess as long as those guys can play all those minutes, it's fine. But I agree, we are relying very heavily on Klinger and Haskinen, like we talked about last time. And it didn't change this game. It's still a one-goal game. Uh, I'm feeling like we just need to find a shutout game, give them a good break. I think that's the real test of if Bonus is thinking about it in a smart way or not. Is if when we when we take the lead by three goals, we kind of keep Klinger and in off the ice as much as possible. But until then, that's the way we're going to win a playoff game, obviously. They're two highest point getters. They're possessing the puck all the time. They're overall the best skaters on the ice the majority of the time. So they need to stay out there is the problem. Well, and that's how we get all of our offenses. Even if they don't score the goal or they don't yeah. get the assist or whatever, it comes from the points. That's just they're, how the they're our play. best overall players right now. So they, right. they, we need them on the ice. We need them to score. So as, lo- as long as they're still going and they can still move their legs well enough, I don't see a problem in it. And, and if Alexiak is 
starting to take that next step like I think he is, boy, we're going to have a great defensive core over and there. And we already do. We're at least top right. five mm-hmm. blue line. I, uh, I would, if if Alexiak turns into another puck possession big defenseman, we're going to we're going to definitely have the best blue line in the NHL. And I, I would make the argument that we do, but well, and then, so after the first period, uh, James, you were saying that in the second, the flames started to make a little bit of a push. Yeah. They, they got that goal at the end of the first and they came out with a fire lit under them and they were gunning for it. And I think that's really where the fatigue of our top defensemen started showing. Cause it, it felt like for me, every, every shot the flames took, it was like, oh, that's going in, that's going in. And just somehow we just managed to hold on in that second period. And, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed the pace of the game, but, like, the first period, it seemed like it was, you know, fast. It was good. And then it kind of trailed off, like, especially the last minute and a half, two minutes. And I think that's partially why that goal went in from Backland, the Calgary goal. Honestly, the second period kind of started off a little fast, too. But that third period... <laughs> which I guess kind of played into the stars' favor since we were up yeah. two to one at that point. That was definitely was intentional really by the stars. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really a slow. we're gonna lock this thing down and we're gonna win the game, and that's what they were trying to do. Fortunately, they didn't stop forechecking. They were still forechecking, but they were definitely playing much more defensive, and that's how you close out a game as opposed to the other times where we've seen them blow leads, especially against the Knights in that round robin. So hopefully they're figuring out how to win in this series and they can take that in against the uh, against a better opponent next round. I know I'm counting my chickens before they hatch, but it, it looks like yeah. Calgary, especially in the third period, it just looked like Calgary had nothing. Like they were just like, e- even when they got in our zone, they kind of just passed around, got their shot blocked and it was going the other way again. So it, 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 it seems like we got them locked down. Now we'll see what happens whenever the whenever the scoreboard says elimination game but i'm feeling confident right now especially after the last two games yeah two things come into my mind when first is bonus what bonus said and it rings true is that the hardest game to win is the elimination game and i'm expecting the flames best in game six and if they don't, then that's going to be a, a real testament to the, the Flames team. And it makes me a little bit lackluster with the Stars' chances in the next round. And right now, I'm kind of assuming we play Colorado. I, again, I'm I'm counting my chickens before they hatch. But uh, just based off of the other teams, you know. I think especially now the veteran presence in the locker room, especially. So just overall personalities with Jamie, Rad, Sagan, Pavelski, Perry, all of them. I think they're gonna turn this game six and seven into pretty much two game sevens for us. So we, as long as we have the same mentality that Calgary does, that we need to win this game, where we're going home, then I think we're gonna be fine. We're at least gonna win one of them. But I, I think we're gonna be fine, especially with the experience in the room. Is my point. I would really love to see them lock it down in game six. I really hope so. And then uh, the second thing that I wanted to that well, while you were talking, Chris, that I thought about was the statistic that they mentioned several times about game fives when the series is tied. When the series is tied 2-2, the team that wins game five wins the series 78% of the time. And I feel like that is a huge, huge statistic 
in why I felt this game was extremely important to win. Yep. It's definitely hard to beat a team twice, which is, I think I think that's the main reason the stat slants that way. Just because when two teams are neck and neck, it's it's tough to turn two around that quickly. So I All definitely right. think game five was a was a good win for us and a good stars win and a good lockdown and moving into the elimination games. And, you know, you, me, James, and Zach were all kind of texting about the game. And y'all said that y'all were stressed out. But, you know, honestly, I didn't – I I don't know why. I don't know why, but I was not stressed out that last five minutes. I wasn't. I was eating some chicken, slurping some noodles. I was drinking Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Man, I was having a grand old time. Like, I was watching a baseball game. It it was great. Yeah, but just the second period for me, super stressful just because of how the Flames were playing. Right, yeah, that's that's a good point because the the first 10 minutes of that second period, the Flames were definitely starting to ramp it up. Yeah, but especially after our goal in the third, I was like, ah, I'm good. Okay, yeah, we're good. We got this. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a Stars game at that point. And, you know, it was very like, okay, this is very chill. This <laughs> Yeah, and even though the Flames definitely had more possession and they were in our zone the whole time, it felt like it felt like we had the game. It felt like we were we we, we had a lockdown. All right, last thing about the Stars game before we move on to our other two topics that we're going to mention real quick. Um the the one thing I said about in the last podcast about what we are expecting from Game 5, the special teams battle. We didn't necessarily win the special teams battle, even but though we, we didn't did. lose. We didn't lose it, yes. Which is the important part. If we cannot lose the special teams battle, we will win the game most likely. So this has been the fourth game in this series where there has been a shorthanded goal. Oh, uh, this one doesn't even count, Technically, though. This, yeah, yeah, this doesn't count. This one was a four-on-four four goal. It still counts as a shorthanded goal okay. on, on the score sheet. Officially okay, I used does. the wrong word. Technically, it's a shorthanded <laughs> goal. But actually, no, it wasn't. And anyone who was watching the game would say, okay, no, that's a four-on-four. Four. But, yes, that, that's, a, that's a nuts stat. Like, I don't, I, I don't think there was a time when – a playoff series had four straight shorthanded goals. I'm sure that hasn't happened. <laughs> I was really confused when Ben scored that goal. I put on Twitter, I put Oh, me goal? too. I had no question idea. Mark, question mark, question mark. I was like, did that go in? <laughs> yeah, I saw Sagan do the saucer pass. I was like, oh, it's got a chance. And then I just saw the net blow up, and Ben was like flat on his back, and I saw I was him like, stand I guess it up didn't and go scream. In. And I was like, <laughs> has Ben like lost his mind? Or... <laughs> Yep. And then I saw a goal, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, and I kind of felt the same way about the Klingberg goal, too. So yeah, it's like, oh, that, yeah, that it's Oh, in. that went in, too. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the past two games that we won, in game two and game four, when, you know, we win it in spectacular fashion, and I might scream too loud and scare Maddie, but, you know. <laughs> Afternoon games bring brings down the adrenaline. I guess that's true. Let's free adrenaline in the afternoon. That's true. Yeah, that is very, very true. Okay, we just got to win the special teams battle in game six. I'll leave it at that. Okay, so the the two things that are non-stars related that I want to talk about, it's kind of died off a little bit, and I kind of did that on purpose, and that's why I didn't bring it up in the last couple podcasts. But I want to get y'all's reaction to this because this is really interesting to me. Jack Edwards, he's the play-by-play voice of the Boston Bruins on NESN. He put out a tweet about three days ago 
about the Smits, the oh my goodness, see James, I told you I'm not going to be able to pronounce this correctly. Svechnikov injury. Oh my goodness, he's going to probably be out until the conference finals. That's what it At seems least. like. Assuming they make it to the conference finals, but they may not because Boston's playing well. Anyways, he put out this tweet about that Svechnikov injury, and if you haven't seen it, if you're one of those people that can't stand, you know, like awkward twists of legs and stuff like that i wouldn't suggest you go see it oh yeah i didn't look at it yeah i i did unfortunately and then they kept replaying it like three or four times on nbc sn and i was just like okay we get the point anyways uh jack Edwards, this is the tweet that he had and this is word for word what he put quote what nbc hasn't shown yet regarding the unfortunate injury to svechnikov the carolina wing playing hobby horse riding chara on the back apron of the goal you poke the bear, you take your chances. No one wanted to see Svechnikov hurt, but he bit off more than he could chew. What kind of crap is that? Honestly, what it feels like he's saying is that... Now, I, I will say that he did mention that no one wanted to see Svechnikov hurt, but it almost seems like he said that the reason why he's hurt is that it's his fault. Yeah, that is what he's saying. And I bet if he, you asked him, he would say that, that was, he was, that's what he was saying. <laughs> but it's a, that's a bunch of crap. Why would you say that about, about one of the Carolina Hurricanes' best players? I mean, honestly, he should have just said, you know, Feshnikov, that was a crazy, you know, unlucky injury. I hope that he's okay. And just leave it at that. And then nobody yeah. would have – I mean, he was getting roasted on Twitter from everybody. I mean, uh, the hockey guy on YouTube was one of the videos that I watched, and uh, he, I don't think he made a video about it, but I think he retweeted it, and he's just like, this is the same guy that said Roman Pollock deserved what he deserved when the Stars played the Boston Bruins a couple years ago, and Roman Pollock was out for an extended period of time. That was this year. Oh, was that this year? That was this year. Oh, okay. See, I'm, COVID happened. Sorry, guys. Yeah. But. Chris, what's your what's your reaction to this? That's a bunch of crap. He bit off more than he could chew. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of said that about Kachuk when he tried to go hit Ben and then got himself a concussion. But I definitely think the difference there is that nobody's listening to this podcast, and Jack Edwards has a lot more Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> so he got he got screwed with the amount of people that. Yeah. Are... But yeah, that's kind of a dumb thing to say. Kind of a kind of a punk punk move there but uh i don't know i don't think he's he's trying to poke the bear or take chances i think he's trying to play, play a hockey. hockey game yeah play hockey so i think that's a bad take but I, I don't i don't think like anything should happen over it i mean everyone knows jack edwards is a, a punk and he just wants attention so i think that's what this is all about well, honestly, he's had several of those comments over the past couple years. Yeah, I, I think they're intentional, that... in my opinion. He just wants to be in the hockey media as a local play-by-play announcer. Oh, wait, he's, hold on. he's jealous that he's not actually good at announcing. So are you saying he's the Donald Trump of the oh, hockey yeah. media? Oh, yeah. He is the Donald Trump of the hockey <laughs> media. Except he he's want, not president. All this attention. So, exactly. <laughs> Well, no, he's more, he's he's more like AOC. Like, there's this weird person just in the corner, just screaming really loudly, <laughs> and what they're screaming about just makes no sense. But everyone listens to them for some reason, and then we talk about it. Right. So. Yeah, I I don't think I have that much of an opinion on it. I mean, 
it, it's just playing hockey and he got hurt. Woof. Yep. <laughs> Woof. See, James is so concise. And then, you know, sorry, Chris, I'm just sitting here rambling. Yeah, so. I'm carrying the comedy, so. Yeah. All right, last thing. Zugarask. So I can't find the statement, and I'm not going to bother trying to find the exact statement because I can't find it. Because it, you know, Boston Boston Bruins Twitter feed is they've posted so many times since he, they put out that official whatever it was from Tuka Rask. But you know, honestly, for Tuka Rask, uh, he left the bubble because he misses his family, and you know, honestly, he's got two young girls at home. He's got a newborn. He he has a wife, and then all of these people on. I mean, especially Boston Bruins fans were just it. it I, I'll admit, not all of them were kind of roasting him on Twitter, but a lot of them were just treating him like he's dirt, like he's like he's a Sean Avery or something like that. And I, I couldn't believe seeing that from the Boston Bruins fans. I mean, this is a guy who has been their franchise goalie for a very long time. His stats are great. And then, you know, some people were kind of saying, well, he shouldn't have come anyways. Well, but he, he's he's trying. He's trying to help his team win. And, yeah. And, you know, <sighs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if to see a retirement statement after this uh, whole playoff thing is over. I'm pretty much expecting that. So well, and look which... for that. <laughs> And um, I got the tweet that they put okay. out. So the statement that he had was, I want to be with my teammates competing, but at this moment, there are things more important than hockey in my life, and that is being with my family. I want to thank the Bruins and my teammates for their support and wish them success. Yeah, so he just wants to be with his family. Which I'll say, like, well, y- yes, he should be with his family. I'm not going to say he's not turning his back on his teammates because, like, well, he he definitely is, <laughs> but like that's his prerogative to do that. Like this is not what he signed up for. <laughs> he signed up to play hockey and to go home afterwards. So, I think he has every right to do it, and I don't think people should be jerks to him. But he 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 kind of did turn his back on his team. <laughs> from from what I've heard from other people as well is that there were there the situation was more complex than him just missing his family. Apparently, there's some underlining other issues that weren't given out that he wanted to go back and be with. What'd you hear? I just heard that the, the extenuating circumstances was more than it was supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's no exact rumors. Big sad. No. Nope. But uh, you know, I can't blame the guy. I mean, yeah, we... I can't. I can't blame him either. But like, he he did turn his back on his teammates, right? Yeah, but... So. But you know, everybody looks at 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 a, like an, in a negative light. Honestly, it's kind of negative. It it's kind of I mean, negative, it's but it's <laughs> not good. But he he's realizing that there are more important things in life than hockey. And you know that goes goes against everything that this podcast believes in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I I can't fault him in it, and he he's just not in it. And you could tell by the interviews that he did that he just wasn't in it. 
And then the day before he left the bubble, he had those comments about how these playoffs don't feel like real playoffs to him. They just felt like exhibition games. And and you know what? If if he's feeling like that and you're a Boston Bruins fan, you you probably you wouldn't want, want him, him to play anyway. anyways. That yeah, yeah, exactly, Chris. That that's exactly it. So and you know, to but the Bruins um prerogative they're playing fine without him halak has stepped up and filled in that role for the boston bruins just like hudobin has done for us with bishop being hurt yeah so you know i'm just saying i understand why their fans are mad like they they invest a lot of time in the team too and to have your pretty much their star player their that's their defense that's boston's defense is to garask (laughs) Have, yeah. To have him just up and leave lowers your chances of winning a cup. Sucks for those guys. I don't think they should be a jerk to Tuca, but it's definitely not like we shouldn't. I don't think we should be like happy for Tuca. I think we shouldn't care. Is <laughs> is my opinion. It shouldn't have blown up as much as it did. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Anyways, you know all, you know all my best to Tuca Rask. Um. I hope he's okay. And you know, some people were saying that it wasn't even him, that it was his uh, wife that was having a hard time. So, you know, full props to him for for making a hard decision like that because he, he, he knew he was going to get a lot of backlash from the fans of the Boston Bruins. So, anyway, game six on Thursday. We still don't know what time it's going to be because some of these games that are going on right now are – elimination games so we'll see what time they start looks like washington's going to be able to pull out the win after being down two nothing oh no it's they already finished it is three two so there will be a game five uh for the washington and new york islanders series so that may push our time Go back a little OV. bit nah, reverse it, reverse it, it's, <laughs> it's too late for them it, reverse. there's no reverse, it's reverse. possible it's possible nah <laughs> Anything's possible. Nope. Psychological warfare. Well, that's for O-V. another day. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that after the first round is over, and we'll make our second round predictions later. All right, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been Starcastic Remarks. I've got Chris and James joining me. Thank you all for doing this and agreeing to do this. We are the only Stars fan-led podcast. You'll, you can find us on Twitter at Starcastic R. Follow us on Facebook at Starcastic Remarks, and you can also follow us on YouTube as Stars win with the final score this evening, 2-1. to one. Let's finish it up, boys. Woo! Go Stars. <laughs>